Welcome back, everybody, to Marl's Conversations with Friends, topics around well-being. It is the new year, 2022, and I am here with two of my dearest friends to start the new year off, and didn't want to have this conversation with anyone else but them, and we are going to be talking about reclamation of oneself and when I came up with a topic which I'm here with Miriam Hannon and Lindsay Stick otherwise known as Des when I came up with the topic of reclamation of oneself Miriam's like oh talk, tell me a little bit more about that and I said it's your title <laughs> it's what you <laughs> gave me a year ago to talk about that we didn't do and so <clears throat> we are going to do it today and uh, we are in three very different places. I'm in Chicago, Miriam's over in Iowa, and Des is in Costa Rica. <laughs> Pura vida. Where Miriam and I would probably like to be. <laughs> <laughs> I um, won't say anymore. <laughs> okay. So today's chat, today's conversation, um, you know, I hope everybody had lovely holidays. Uh, whatever that looked like for you. Uh, today's conversation, I'm, I'm always excited to have this topic conversation, but it is about, you know, we begin this year every year with, I'm going to make resolutions and goals and priorities and plans and intentions. And we put our best foot forward and lots of people just never get past the first few steps the first month or so and lots of people get through it and lots of people really hold themselves accountable to it and so in my world of what i do for a living and helping people become better well-beings setting intentions to me is more powerful uh, than setting resolutions or creating I do believe in creating goals. I just think setting intentions at the beginning of the year and really mapping out where it is you want to be. I think goals come from that, but I think intentions are a little more powerful from my perspective because they're fluid. They are, they're able to change. And I, I feel like they have a little bit more uh, complexity around it. So um, we're going to, jump in with this conversation because if you haven't well actually uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Miriam and Des before we roll because this is the first time you're joining us on this podcast um, you may not know anything about any of us so I'm Marla Boyle I'm founder uh, of Cultivate You um, a well-being consulting company that my focus is to help people become better well-beings with themselves, with their community, and with the environment. Miriam uh, Hannon is a phenomenal individual, first and foremost, my friend. Um, she's a licensed cosmetologist in Iowa. She is um, specializes uh, in treating skin, uh, treating hands and feet, uh, but she's also a motivational, inspirational teacher as well. And she's a master gardener, above all of that, super master gardener. And so we'll get into some of that. 
Des, uh, Lindsay Stick, is also another phenomenal individual. Both of these individuals I've known for eons, really. Uh, I've known Des longer, but I feel like Miriam and I have been in another life together. Uh, Des is a uh, founder of Civilian Beauty Grooming, uh, and it is her um, business where she is the master of hair and well-being for people. And she is a hair dresser, and that is how um, we've known each other and how we came into each other's space. And um, she is an ultra creative individual. And uh, I'm thinking about her in Costa Rica. So she's with her uh, little posse, her family, <laughs> her three kids. Entourage, yeah. Husband, yeah, her entourage is to her. Um, and so thank you both of you for joining me uh, in this new year um, to start talking about this reclamation of ourself. How do we reclaim ourself and Get our shit back together and get on track if i say it that way <laughs> so thanks for being here good thanks for having us yeah yeah thank you with some kind words i yeah. appreciate it <clears throat> all truth all truth all right so i had uh, given you all kind of lots of questions before we started i normally do not even do that for people who come to the podcast because I don't really want you to dwell on it but this one was required some preparation uh but we'll we're gonna go with the flow there's nothing I'm attached to ever because these are conversations they're fun they're uh, in-depth um they get sassy and they get serious so we're gonna go pretty much in all those places so let's just start with what we all really want to talk about <laughs> what went well in 2021 <laughs> Or maybe I should start on the app. <laughs> what would you like to leave behind? <laughs> I think some people want to leave the whole year behind. <clears throat> I don't think I'm in that camp, but I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. Well, you're with me? No, I, I oh. leave the whole year behind for sure. But I do, I agree with you in that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, it sucked. It, you know fucking you know 2021 and I thought there's there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of redeeming things for me yeah same 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 for me yeah yeah what went well so just let's talk about what went well um so for me I feel like it it was just a really I mean it was a really grounding time that probably started in 2020 obviously when everything shifted and and you know you everyone had to just get small, like your world had to become really small. And so then opening that back up just a little bit, you know, it was really great to be able to have this need to prioritize, just prioritize it all. Like what, what really matters? What do I want to take the time to bring back into my life? Who do I want to make the time to see and be with? And I just, I loved that. It wasn't, easy. You know, it wasn't like, it was a challenging year for myself and my family, but it was, um, I don't know, exciting or invigorating and just really in a lot of ways filled me up as much as it was challenging. And for me personally, we took the experience of quarantining and, and needing to change our lifestyle as a opportunity to really stare down some 
health issues in our family, particularly around mental health. Um, so, you know, I have two teenagers, so they were quarantined and away from school for a period of time. And I think it really brought to the surface some things that they were struggling with and my husband as well. And so we spent a lot of time doing therapy in 2021 and it has just been um, such a gift to really feel like we're addressing or have addressed some things that we maybe just weren't taking the time to focus on. So as the personal kind of focus, big win for myself and my family. Yeah, that's great. It's powerful. It's <clears throat> intense for that, especially the age group of kids. Mm -hmm. have and, and that's a lot to do. Mental health is no joke and it's intense and it's deep and it's, it's really meaningful work and it's really hard. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. And <clears throat> you on, on doing that during the pandemic. Thanks. It's interesting. And I, I try to talk about it a fair amount to normalize therapy, but my, I put my kids in therapy on and off for a long time and always kind of made the joke. Like we save money for therapy. I feel like it's important, especially as you move through the ages. My, my oldest are 12 and just turned 15. So like right in that sweet spot. I mean, two things that were really interesting about this particular round one, it was, it took me almost a year to get them both in separately. And so, um, just the, I think a lot of families are supporting their kids in this way, which I just think is amazing news. Great to hear, um, or great to know, but it was hard to find therapists and then, you know, wanting to find the right therapist, but then also as much as I feel like I try to be connected with my kids and mental health, like there was some real surprises. And, um, one of my sons in particular was really, really struggling emotionally. And I, we, had no, I mean, we just had no idea, you know, we got, we knew he needed some support, but we just didn't really know how serious it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just was a real awakening of what you're saying. Like this, these ages are so delicate and, you know, one of the, um, one of the biggest dangers when you're in the age, I think it's like 12 to 15, one of the kids die the most frequently from is suicide. Yeah. So um, it just was really eye-opening for us. And I just felt a, a lot of gratitude that I, I, I didn't even really step in. It's just kind of a normal process that my family, it's like, hey, I feel like you need some therapy, you know, right now, like you've got some things going on. Yeah. And so um, it really was uh, a gift this time around, for sure. That's great. I love that. Miriam? Um, good things in 2021, you know, um, segueing back into work after getting, uh, fully vaxxed, I would say was a good thing. I was off for 15 months before through the pandemic. You guys know, I spent a lot of time with my mom and so I didn't want to put her at risk, um, or anybody else. And, um, that time that I wasn't working honestly was pretty fabulous too, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, mortgage payments and things like that, it would have been great. Um, <laughs> but, um, my, I feel like the pace that I generally love life the most is a little bit slower than what the pace that I generally keep is. And when I 
<clears throat> during the pandemic, I was able to go that slow. I'm so grateful for that. That mm -hmm. was um, really, I don't even know how to articulate it. Powerful, enjoyable, peaceful. I felt grateful. I got clarity. I got grounded. I got lightened. I mean, do you know what I mean? It just like mm -hmm. so many things because I was able to go slow and really, um, you know, stand in the garden literally and watch things grow. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. It was that it was, uh, I'm so grateful for that experience. And I missed having some place to go. So um, the warm welcome back into um, Elevate was. Um, so again, I was grateful and grounded and lightened and, you know, it was, it, and, and I feel like the experience of the year has allowed me to, to better structure a life that, um, that I love just a little bit more than I did before. That's great. Mm. Yeah. That's great. It's so nice. I mean, experiencing that kind of presence and then being able to kind of harness it and bring it back. And that's what we tried to do is like, take this life that we were living periodically, make it great because of the stillness and the smallness, but then also try to bring that energy and kind of merge the two. And what was crazy for me, <clears throat> mostly during the first part of the pandemic was because I was similar to you, Des, but in a different space, in a different way, uh, I had already started my uh, consulting, my well-being consulting business a few years before that. And so when 2020 hit and things shut down, it was reframing and thinking. And sadly, no, I did not slow down because I'm a productivity nutcase attaching my self-worth to that, how much I achieve in one day. And it slowed me down real fast because of uh, early, really early on in 2020, which then forced me, uh, it physically slowed me down, like gave me a concussion, slowed me down, you know, so then I re had to relook at things, of course, but I still was under this space of feeling the need to be productive and make a difference and trying to still had to figure out how to move my business forward. And, um, I ended up picking up more pottery class. I teach, I'm a ceramicist as well. So I took on a couple more classes and that was great. And it created a different kind of space in my life. But this past year, as I came through spring, I still was, and I was kind of rolling forward and things were moving, but I was still in this space of uh, struggle. Like slowing down was just, and, it, and it's been this way my whole life. I, I teach well-being very well. And getting me the one piece of what I teach that's the hardest for me to practice is slowing down. It is the hardest thing. It has been that way my whole life. And the one, the only time that I truly am able to practice it to its fullest extent is when we leave the country and we go into we go down to the South Bahamas and we sit on this small island, this beautiful space. I can't do anything there because there's nothing to do except read and walk on a beach and sit. So it's literally the only time where I 
I don't have to think about productivity because I'm in such a space where I don't have that choice. Like I can't do anything. I can't connect to anything. And, um, and you don't want to there. Like it's, it's, we go there intentionally because we can't connect um, except to ourselves. So I haven't had that um, for a few years now and um, for a lot of reasons. But when I got my, I call it my big girl job, I step back into my, into the big girl world. Um, mm-hmm. I step back into the beauty industry, the salon spa industry uh, to do work for an, a company who I feel very strongly aligned with and, and have been for, since 1995 when they were first introduced to me. And so that was, that went well, but what it did is similar to you, Miriam, is it, it gave me a, a, a space, you know, to go back to, except mine was in my home and my office is here, but it gave me structure again into my time, which for me being a Virgo, sun libra rising gemini moon if anyone who's listening really gets all that but particularly the virgo sun that structure was really helpful for me and so then it forced me or allowed me to use my time not in uh, the workspace in the way that i really wanted to which was to slow down move slow through that time and space and and restore myself so Mm -hmm. it uh you know was it was getting the big girl job was having a lot of um prayers and desires answered for me by the universe and the divine for me that i've been asking for for a number of years it also without me knowing it gave me uh a gift of just having structure back to my time, which is what is important for me. Um, You know, um, to, to your point, Marlo, did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. No, no. Um, it's a kind of banter. We get to do that. uh, (laughs) I, you know what? I apologize for interrupting, but I don't stop doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That the notion of some part of me wanting no structure and then actually getting that granted for 15 months really allowed me to see, you know, I like a little bit of structure. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 the experience really provided some clarity in that regard. And, and I look forward to putting makeup on now and, yeah. you know, getting dressed. And <laughs> it gives you a different kind of purpose. It gives you an additional yeah. purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But- it's, it's interesting because you know, that's, I reflected a lot on the preparation and I had this personal shift a number of years ago. And one of the things, um, and really Ayurveda brought me here that just changed my life in such a, I can't even begin to describe how much was the idea of bringing structure in, you know, I'm diagnosed ADD, Marlo, as you said, like hyper creative. I mean, there's just no moment that I don't have a new idea in my brain. I just can't sit still and, you know, all of those typical sort of syndrome-ish things. But um, I think also becoming a mother, you lose so much structure, whatever structure you have, because you have all of these people kind of like 
you know, throwing darts at you all the time. <laughs> yeah. just, you right. can't stand still. You're trying to dodge or catch them or whatever. And um, I think, you know, I learned before the pandemic through that transformation and through, or, or as a mother, you know, that structure is just the key. And I'm not rigorous in structure. I'm lucky because I'm, I'm so bad at creating structure that I just can't be. But I find ground grounding in like, I have to have a glass of water before my cup of coffee. And that's really it. Like, that's the only rule. But I wake up every morning and that's kind of the first thing that I do. And it, it starts this sort of this ball rolling in a direction that feels good. It helps me build confidence. Um, it helps me regulate my emotional body by knowing what to expect. And then as a mother kind of introducing that to my kids, which is really difficult, but, you know, teaching them how to have those, you know, I mean, I think that's the reason why we all sit down at a dinner table at five o'clock. I mean, it's not exactly how we do it, but we do sit and eat as a family. A lot of families don't do that anymore. Like just those small elements, Miriam, you were talking about just putting makeup on like that as a ritual. And, you know, you can pick and choose whatever ones you want, but I just find that so nourishing. And when I feel I'm starting to lose myself, one of the ways that I look to reclaim myself is definitely through finding structure in the smallest of ways. Well, so in, yeah, and I fully agree with that. And when we get to the end of this conversation, um, what, what you just gave as an answer will link right into how I'm going to end our conversation today, um, which I'm excited about. Um, so before we leave 2021, name one, maybe two things that you're really okay with leaving behind and not carrying with you into this new space, this new year. I'm going to have to work on mine a little bit. What, um, what I've noticed is um, that 2020, one is that what we just finished 2021 i i felt like i was angrier mm -hmm. and um and in a kind of pervasive way mm -hmm. like i noticed that my reactions or responses that i didn't have as much bandwidth i didn't have the patience and i i <laughs> i'm not long on patience anyway and i had even less so, so the awareness of that uh, will serve me um, going forward to just get clear and let go. Mm -hmm. uh, and that sounds really simplistic. I know it's not as easy as that, right. but there's a few processes that I've put in place. And even just, I feel like the awareness of it, if I can put a micro millisecond in between the trigger and my response, diffuse and develop some different habits. I would, I'm in a similar space. My, I became, well, two things. One, I agree with anger, um, but my anger was really more uh, channeling it. Like I needed to have anger. Um, and to tie into your comments, Lindsay, about therapy, I'm, I'm all for therapy. I've been, both my husband and I have done therapy multiple times and I, over our, course of our 28 years together and I am back in it again also and I have to channel into my anger as it relates to my childhood and a lot of things mm. that happened that mm -hmm. 
stuff around that. So, cause I'm not, I don't really allow myself to be angry. Uh, I get really pissed off. I get really irritated, which I would say offshoots of anger, mm-hmm. but there's specific topics when given the space, my anger will really come out. And, and anger is not a bad emotion. It's just right. as you said, becoming aware of it and understanding it and how to walk through it, use it, or, or, you know, I guess kind of, I don't know, this came into my head is just hold its hand. So you mm-hmm. know how to step with it. My emotion <clears throat> uh, space that was, became very heightened for me was fear and not fear of anything. It wasn't fear of the pandemic or anything like that. It was my own fear of stepping into stepping further into my brilliance and my talents and my skills and all the things that I'm capable of doing, but all the things that I want to, all the things that I have done, acknowledging my life experience of 30 years in this adult space and understanding being able to walk through it to get to the other side, which is some of the reason why I took the big girl job back in that space was to the message that was very resounding to me when I sat and got very quiet about it was that I needed to walk through my own fears about stepping into the unknown and and taking this risk and stepping onto a platform where I could expand and know that I have everything that I need because I have this Mm -hmm. 30 years Mm -hmm. and to walk through it to get to the other side because on the other side there's some incredibly brilliant things that are waiting for me and so I feel that I am able to let that a lot of that go. I think there's still some with me, but I had such a, an awareness around it and an experience with it that I get it. I understand it. And, and now I just, you know, reframe my space and know how to walk forward through it. It doesn't mean I'm not going to ever feel afraid again about facing the unknown or taking a risk. It's just now I, just came to terms with a lot of things that didn't necessarily need to be there that were holding me in this kind of holding me captive in this space. So I'm happy to move past that better. Yeah, I have, I'm having the same experience, what both of you guys are describing. And I think it's, I, I'm thinking of this metaphor of like, when I, you know, two years ago, or I guess it was more than two years ago when I left my job and decided to start my business, it was like the jumping off the cliff moment. I mean, trembling with fear and fear for me really shuts down my brain. And because, you know, the way that my brain works and I'm hyper creative and all of that, like planning and organizing and preparing like goes out the window. So now I'm like afraid and I'm making a big change and jumping off this cliff, but I'm totally unprepared. And I realized that that's just a normal cycle for me. But I think what last year brought to my attention is, well, now I've jumped off the cliff. I can make the change. I'm not trembling with fear anymore, but now I have to do the thing. And I'm still scared. I still have this scarcity mindset. I'm still 
maybe not deathly afraid, but like uncomfortable, allowing myself to receive um, the growth, allowing myself to kind of step into my power, to advocate for myself, to kind of more go after what I need. Because the jumping off the cliff moment is kind of a reaction. It's like, okay, I just got to do this thing. So I'm just going to just turn everything off and just jump, you know, maybe even eyes closed. But now it's like, you know, I have to swim down the river or climb back up the cliff to jump it again or whatever the next thing is. And I did realize, you know, I'm still really afraid of some things. I'm still, I, I like to refer to it as scarcity mindset. I'm still holding myself back. And I think that's the thing in 2021, I want to leave behind. Like I, I'm trying to focus on, okay, I made this huge change and it's been successful and really try to allow myself to feel grateful and Mm -hmm. a sense of pride of accomplishment that I did it, but also just start to develop some confidence. Like some of this fear, it's time. I can just let it go. Like I'm, you know, 43, I'm a big girl. Like you said, Marla, you're in your big girl job. Like, you know, Allow yourself to kind of move forward with some real clear intentions and ask for what you want. Right, right. Yeah, it's moving into abundance, uh, abundance frame of mind uh, versus scarcity. And believe it or not, that whole mentality stems all the way back to Seven Habits of Highly Effective People with Dr. Stephen Covey. Um, And so many people talk about the scarcity mentality, and I for sure have been in that space. Um, And it is it is a leap to step into abundance mentality to believe that there's enough for everybody that Mm -hmm. are worthy and deserving of having all that you desire. And it may not look like might not end up showing up like what you want it to be, but you have to be okay with that because it's leading to what your end desire is. Um, And that, that is certainly something that I work on. So with that, then let's start talking a little bit about, um, intentions for the year um i'm going to lump a lot of stuff into kind of one thought or question um you know i gave you questions to think about in terms of how you sit how you prepare yourself for the new year do you set intentions do you even think about that is it important to you i spent some time obviously myself preparing these last few years, I've been doing this, uh, I do this manifest, manifesting challenge at the beginning of the year with Gabby Bernstein, Gabrielle Bernstein. And it takes you through 21 days manifesting. Your, the first time I did it, it was uh, manifesting, super attractor manifesting. And then, then each year after that, I, she just calls it the manifesting challenge. But I enjoy it a lot. Uh, and in it, I'm not necessarily what she's sharing with me, she just kind of pulls together uh, dots that I have worked on separately over time. And she does a really nice job of pulling it together. So that, again, it gives a different kind of structure. So that's what was helpful for me. But I looked at my intentions in this journal that I wrote them down in for the last few years. And I come back through the year to look at them. And this last year in particular, over the last 25, 26 months, uh, my intentions have really been the same. You know, I've really noticed uh, kind of a 
repetition, which I don't think is bad. Um, I don't, I don't, in my intentions, when I set them there, I don't necessarily for myself, I don't set it to like, I want a new car, which I could, I just don't. Um, it's not a right or wrong. It's just how I approach my intentions. Um, I guess that for me, I keep them a little bit bigger um, for myself. Then I don't, I, then I can go back and get more specific in what I ask for in my daily intentions, I guess. So I'm curious, do you set intentions for the year? Is it important to you? Um, do you touch base through the year to kind of reevaluate them? I know I just gave you like a shitload of information. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I... Let me stun it, you and silence you. Yeah. <laughs> It is like, how do you plan your entire year in 30 seconds? Go. I think, you know, when I read this, I think initially my body, you know, I don't like structure. So I, of course, many times have, you know, like the new year comes and I've totally been on the camp of like the gym membership or the journal or whatever, you know, like the classic new year, new you. And then it kind of petered out. Um, so for me, I feel like I, I, but I love the process of like this idea of sort of detoxifying or rebirthing or um, reclaiming one. I mean, I, I love the name reclaiming oneself. Cause I, you know, I feel like I'm the kind of person that floats like a balloon. And so it's like, sometimes I just need to find my anchor point. And I feel like when I'm getting too far adrift, I need to find a way to really get grounded. And I feel like you can do that whenever you want. You can wake up tomorrow and, you know, I mean, this is the new year, so that doesn't really make sense. But in the middle of the year, whenever it feels like a good time for you to kind of shake off and dust off and clean the slate, you know, I think that's the time to do it. But how the year living in the Midwest, how the year sort of works the new year works well for me. There's a big peak at the end of the year in my work. So I kind of um, shut down emotionally a little bit. I don't spend as much time with my family leading up to the holiday. And we do celebrate the holiday, but not in the sort of dogmatic sense, just in like the gathering celebration sense. And that has its own, it's exciting and fun, but it has its own level of stress. So, you know, by the end of December, I just feel pretty tired. And so it feels like a good time for rest and then kind of, you know, that rebirth to kind of shut down and, and get small again, or, or, um, really prioritize. And we've started this habit of leaving our home and kind of getting away. And you were talking about this earlier, getting a new perspective. And so I kind of take this time to start to think about, what are my intentions from the year? And, you know, you said, you talked about this at the beginning, but intention over goal. So for me, it's sort of like an energy or a word that starts to come into my vernacular. It's not really clear. Like by the end of the year, I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's sort of like this back of the napkin sketch of like, okay, this year, I feel the word abundance. I feel like I want to step into my power. And so maybe I'll journal on that or just 
kind of think about it. And then if it comes back up again, the next day, I'll think about it more. And then maybe I'll start talking to Eric about it. And it just feels like this, um, like this snowball that starts to build some momentum as the year goes on. And that might take the shape of some goals, you know, like in my business, there'll be some hard numbers put to that. And so then about halfway through the year, I mean, I'm always, I wouldn't say halfway through the year, but I'm always checking in with them, you know, emotionally, like, do I still feel connected to this? Is it still organically in my awareness? Am I moving towards it? Um, Or is something else coming up that's pushing me away from it? And so then I try to look at that as an opportunity. And um, you talked about intentions being very fluid. So when I put these things out into the universe, they don't always come in the way that I think they're going to come. It doesn't always, abundance doesn't always show up as money. It shows up maybe as time or sometimes abundance shows up as like a, a need to set some boundaries so that I can create more quality experiences with other things in my life. I think that um, for me, it's not maybe as structured. um, And I definitely don't think it has to happen at the new year, but it often does for me through this sort of habit that we have of, you know, me working and then us leaving and traveling. And I think getting out of my world and getting into a new place allows me to just kind of think with some fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, whatever comes up, I try to just carry it through the year and approach it. I guess the word is with a little bit of curiosity. Mm -hmm. How does this present itself? Just, you know, as much as I try to like push myself to continue to show up, I also try to just enjoy the experience of like learning what, what new things are, are gonna happen for me. I don't know if that makes sense. It probably sounds very vague. No. And I, one of the things you touched on and then Miriam, I want you to dive in, uh, was a word for you, your word, you, one of them you threw out was abundance, but it was interesting because on social, I think it was on on Instagram the other day, one of my peers and good friends said, what's your word for 2022? And the word that has been resounding a lot for me for a while now probably more than a month well more than a month uh is expand uh Mm. and for me to expand all that i am and expand uh my perspectives of how i want to move forward in my journey and uh, expand my capabilities and expand emotions that I want to feel, experiences I want to feel, whether it's joy or creativity or laughter or silence or that's my words, expand. And so mm-hmm. a lot of where I'm, my intentions will move from that, for me, that word. So yeah, I agree with you. I definitely generally at the beginning of each year or, or and throughout the whole year, because my words change, of course, as do my intentions. Some of this, my language starts changing and I start speaking about it around the house. And then, you know, Stephen's like, are you talking to me? Or are you just talking out loud about something? <laughs> <I should be laughs> <paying> attention? <laughs> He's like, did you want me to respond? Or are you just 
journaling out loud. <laughs> so that's awesome. Oh my God, I love that distinction, journaling out loud. I yeah, love that. I mean, I, I don't, because I'm not a journaler. I mean, I do, I know I just said it right down in a journal, but I write very specific, I sit down at this journal I have at very specific times, whether it's like, I yeah. feel like writing a new moon you know intentions because it's in a certain sign or it's just felt right in this moment or you know whatever so yeah I guess I'm journaling out loud I love I I totally journal out loud because I love journaling but it's not been a part of my practice for many years like probably over a decade but I still I know I do it I'm just talking I'll just be talking so and Eric and I were preparing for this this morning. He was helping. He's like, he just got curious. He was like, I'm interested. I, he thinks it's cool. I'm on a podcast. Anyway, so it turned into like our funerals. And Eric's like, I want no talking at my funeral, just music. And then he's like, we can do all the talking at your funeral. And it'll just be like a live journal session out loud. That's great. Miriam, your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I want to sit because I feel like I'm laughing at sometimes inappropriate times. I just want to no, toss it. Oh my God, Miriam, <laughs> so stop apologizing. You, there. I, listen, it's called a shadow laugh. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term, but it's like when you say something, when like Des, I can't remember what you were saying, but it just, the some part of me that I still have not full acceptance for busted up laughing because I recognized it in there. Miriam, I don't ever want you to change that because the one thing that cracks the shit out of me when, when we're like bantering heavily is when you decide to swear. And <laughs> we'll be sitting, I distinctly remember sitting in a retreat we were I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> and you're having your coffee in your hand and we're talking about this situation don't remember <laughs> what it was but you're like holding this cup I mean it's probably eight o'clock in the morning and you're like such a fucking asshole <laughs> and I bust out laughing because I'm like that that is exactly that's just that's Miriam I'm like and I would say it entirely different but that's because it's me and and so never ever never apologize for I was I was thinking as Miriam was describing shadow laugh which I've never heard that but I think that's great I think you have the greatest shadow laugh yeah but the way that your laugh sounds it sort of starts out very light and then it erupts only so softly it's like a beautiful waterfall coming out oh, so maybe well, those you. are your those are your shadow <laughs> swears We're yeah, exactly. Miriam shadow has shadow swears that's shadow good yeah. shadow curse all right. Well, thank you. My, um, I thanks. I appreciate you guys. I, I don't do, I probably, since I was 40, haven't done resolutions. I realized um, that as soon as I call it a resolution, um, I start resisting it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd like to get a little control over that resistance, but since I have not yet so far begun to, and not even control, but just to be able to allow it to dissipate, she's still there good and strong. So I don't use that word and um and I don't know that they're that specific unless it's something that needs to be specific there are some things that need to be specific so and I think the beginning of the year is a beautiful new beginning um this year we got like six inches of snow on new year's day 
And when you looked outside and the snow was pristine and sparkly and oh so bright, it, it was like new beginning. This is, this is, it was perfect. So I tend to do some reflection and some journaling um, about the previous year, kind of like what we started our session with today, um, Marlo, um, your, your question, what was good and, and you know, what do you want more of and what do you want a little less of? If it's something specific, if it's something financial or uh, you know, something like that, something with my health that's not just a few extra pounds. And I, I'm so grateful that I've come to believe that a few extra pounds is not a problem. But if there's something specific that I've received some specific information on, then maybe my actions will be really specific. I don't know that I'm loose with them. I, I feel pretty aware most of the time what my intentions are. I set intentions very regularly. And there's something about like the beginning of the month, like when I notice we're in a new month, which is sometime the first and sometime we're a little further in. Um, it's like, okay, we're into June. What's been going on? What do I want? And that just happens for me. And I don't know if I made that happen, you know, over time, um, or if it's just something that's there. I journal haphazardly, both aloud and on paper. And I find it useful, again, for clarity. Sometimes the noise in my head is too much and getting it all down on paper or having it witnessed is um, incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, that's what I have to say. I don't know if I really answered your question, but that's what's coming up. I think that's great. I feel really moved by what you're saying. I feel like it resonates with me and I think the idea of curiosity, like you were talking about the, a few extra pounds, which is always like the go-to new years. Mm -hmm. And I just, I've tried to open it up. Like, I think that's such a great example and start to ask myself, well, like, do I want my body to look different this year? And that would be kind of how that idea would start, you know, as, as the year closes and I'm reflecting haphazardly and journaling out loud, not even. <laughs> not just talking <laughs> to right. anyone who will listen, but like, and then I'll start to question it and like, see if it resonates. And then all of a sudden I'll find one day that it's June and I haven't gotten out of bed and ran one time. And it's like, you know what? I guess I didn't really want my body to look different this year. I had other things that were a focus. And so, um, you know, a few extra pounds or I, I try to put less judgment on it. Like mm -hmm. being this size and this shape and this amount of softness is just kind of where I'm at. But that energy, I try to acknowledge, well, that energy is going to something else. It's going to my kids who, you know, aren't feeling their best selves or going to my business, which is in its infancy and growing um, or going to my emotional health. And maybe that just hasn't trickled down to my physical health yet or, um, supporting my partner, whatever, or learning something new. I don't know, but, or maybe I'll find like, oh my gosh, I, I started running and I started lifting weights and look at how my body has changed. And, you know, that's great too. They're both great. It's just more like you're saying, Miriam, it's, it's not real clear to me how this comes to be. It's just more like, uh, 
a knowingness in my body, which when I read the questions, Marlo, one of the things I thought that went really well for me in 2021 was just kind of becoming more confident in my emotional body and trusting what comes up for me or doesn't and being okay with it. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Myself included being fully in perimenopause. You know, my mind goes to a number of things. It goes to that book, Who Cooked the Last Supper? And Oh my gosh, I love that book so much. I never, I I stopped at page 200 because I knew how it was going to keep going and I couldn't handle it. It's too much. It's a lot, but it just, man, whoa. And I went there because, um, and Miriam, I'll tell you about that. I've talked about it. It's an intense book, but you can go there after. Um, But I I go, my thoughts go there as it relates to body because I think about the space with which women's bodies evolve through and go through and the experiences which are night and day different of course than a man's body and and not right or wrong just 1000 percent different and learning in my own space to try to be more kind to the process um, and the changes and the transitions i'm going through and being fully cognizant of of everything that's happening uh, to my body and really thinking about where my body's come in 30 years because I do deal with a double curve scoliosis. I've been in since I was 12, 13, wore a full body back brace for two years in high school. I've been in physical therapy on and off for the last 16 years, more on than off through all of that time, especially in physical therapy, um, took my whole physical awareness, structural awareness to another new level, even though I've always had been very heightened around it. But this year in particular, especially after having a concussion in 2020, that really stopped. That was like the last of a lesson, a series of a very specific lesson that I was so done learning around being attaching my productivity to my self-worth so did I stop doing that sort of um I just did it slower a little differently so that I wouldn't hurt so that the universe would give me a concussion again but I also actually this year um in getting structure back in my life one of the things that I really uh, set an intention for was that I didn't want to be in pain anymore. But I'd asked for that for many years, many years. Um, I didn't want to live life in pain on any level. And so I have been acknowledging that in that transition and that change. And so that's for me where where I say that intentions are fluid, where I say that um, the acknowledgement of my own self, physical self, those changes, what are those intentions? Would I love to shed uh, some pounds off my body? Yep, I would. I also know what's not necessarily allowing that to happen because the transition of where I am. Okay, so it's where I am. So I go back to the beauty that I am, right as I am right now, the beauty that I am, all that I am, every single molecule in my body and uh, recognizing it, capitalizing on it, or capitalizing is not the right word, embracing it again, and just uh-huh. 
you're a fucking awesome human being. You can move mountains. You do move mountains. You move eloquently or elegantly. Um, yada, yada, yada. I mean, all these things. And I don't have to be, I don't ever want to be, have never really in my heart wanted to be this social manufactured reality of what women of what social media makes women look like because that's never been what I think women should look like but in any case uh I don't want to go down that path my intentions are fluid you know if I kind of go back on track and one of the things when I write intentions down is that I I do think about the experience what are the experiences I want to have what are the emotions that I want to have more abundance of and are there specific experiences yes of course I want to grow my businesses and what are some of those experiences yes I want to be really wholeheartedly whole molecularly healthy and what are some of the experiences that go with and uh, one of the posts that I saw mind body green is a company I follow um, I've posted about them and really like their business, really like what they do. I listen to a lot of their work and follow it. And they posted a sheet, um, it was for 2021, but it applies to any year. Uh, and some of the phrases they gave was, I wanna learn more about, I wanna be, I will be kind even when, I will make more time for, when feeling overwhelmed or negative, I will, once a month I will plan. And they give you the space to write it in. And so I just think it's a great, a great way to go about intentions for the year. And if we're in this space today talking about how to help people reclaim oneself, um, for me, it is, it, it can look like so many things. It doesn't have to be this concrete list of stuff. It can right. be this word that builds on and you have this journaling out loud session. Uh, it can be something that you think about over a period of time. It doesn't all have to happen in January. For me, intentions are really about the journey you, you start and you start where you are. So yeah, this is, I great. think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's a great place to start now, but it doesn't mean that you have to have these intentions be fulfilled at a specific time because every choice you make shapes how those intentions if you if you release them out there uh, and and try not to be attached to them every choice you make shapes what those intentions are how those intentions are going to show up in your life yeah well and I think what you're saying to that I think it's kind of the linchpin for me is this celebratory mindset which I did learn a lot through body image and that keeps coming up I know that's like a separate podcast but like one of the things I'm so fortunate to do is have that be a part of my work. And I love being like the bridge between the millennials and the boomers, like my age, because people that are younger than us are really starting to celebrate just different body shapes. And it, it was just really a place where this awareness of non-judgment like hit me really hard. And I just think this idea of being open to the different intentions for me comes through non-judgment and celebrating whatever comes up, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, like on this vacation, my suitcase didn't show up. There was a place to shop across the street. I grabbed a swimsuit. I didn't have a swimsuit. I'm 
we're going to hot springs. Like I need something to wear. And it was like this skimpy little number. I mean, it was size for me, but just my body's not at the skimpy little bikini phase right now. And I just put it on and was like, let's go, you know? And I, I, I ended up having to wear it for like three days. And my my son's like, mom, you look really cute in that swimsuit. But I just was like, this is, this is my body. And I love my body. My body is what's bringing me on this vacation. And my body is what's experiencing these sensations of this hot spring. And, you know, I need a few key areas covered and that's, that's what I got right now. So I'm just going to do it and own it and love it. And, um, I feel like that is just how I'm kind of moving through goals in life is it just doesn't show up in the way that I expect. And when I introduce judgment, it just makes it so hard to move through it. Instead, I just try to receive. So as we start to, we got I still have a bit to cover, but as we kind of start to round out this whole thought around intentions and reclaiming ourselves for the year, in light of where we've been in the last two years, which has been a pandemic. Are there, are there things, I know I phrased it as, are there issues that surfaced for you that may have uh, changed how you view your own life, your own purpose on this planet and what health and longevity means in it all? And I still would ask that of you, but I also throw in there, is change important for you as you move forward? And Miriam, I'm going to start with you. I would say change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless my dad. He used to say, everything changes. I know that's not like real wisdom, but we would then continue the conversation where by even the good things you can't hang on to forever. Um, and that's what as humans I think generally gets done. And I know for me that I sometimes try to hang on to the good things. I think I've gotten both softer and harder and stronger in some ways and weaker in others through the pandemic. And I think the best way to articulate is, is a, an experience that I'll, I'll try to be brief with. Um, I started yesterday a uh, yoga challenge. Um, this woman that I um, love on YouTube, and it would be you, Marlo, if you were there, but you're not. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. This woman is, um, I, I like her style. Anyway, so I'm doing yoga, and it's about a 30-minute process. And about halfway through, I just um, break and start bawling. And I realize I'm angry that all this shit shouldn't, there's the judgment, right? Shouldn't be as hard as it is. Couldn't it be just a little bit easier? It would be nice, wouldn't it? It would Mm -hmm. be nice. (laughs) And I kept going. I finished the process and afterwards, I did a little journaling. I mean, I was so angry. And and that's kind of a disproportionate response. It's 
you know, it's not angry that it was hard to do the whatever warrior that, you know, whatever. Um, it, it was more than that. And what I realized was that as angry as I was, um, and my glasses fogging up, you know, from the tears and my sweat and my heavy breathing and whatever, um, I finished it. I still showed up for myself and I showed back up this morning. Mm. So what I, what I, what I'm taking away from the pandemic is my ability to show up for myself and for other people in whatever way I can. And sometimes it's not showing up perfect. Sometimes it's balling and steamy glasses and, you know, fuck you to the mat. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm still there. And that feels useful to me. That feels powerful. Mm -hmm. That's great, Mary. I love it. That's really good. You have a great way of, of phrasing these experiences in actually a very non-judgmental way. So it sounds, um, I think mine's, a, it's similar, a little bit different, but I think my experience with the pandemic was, it was really specific to people. So I think somehow, um, I'm sorry, there's a dog barking. Can you guys hear that? You can, it's okay. Yes. Is it okay? <laughs> I'm in the middle of a jungle and what you're getting is a dog barking. <laughs> um, but what, it was really specific to people. I think somehow I had sort of like attached my self-worth. Marley, you were talking about time, but it's like, for me, it was something about being like, and then it was also something, Miriam, about like what you were describing with great experiences. So, you know, you have these people in your life and you have these great experiences and sometimes it's a really long time. And, and so it gives meaning to those people, but as the pandemic unfolded and a lot of people chose their path and their mindset, I realized there were people I really needed to separate myself from and detach from people. I was really, really close, really important people in my life. And I'm still grieving it for sure. It, it's been just so sad. Um, but out of that, I think I realized that idea that sort of like, I am all that I need. I mean, not need, but like I, I, I still have this community and group and of people, but it's just gotten smaller. Um, and I'm really working hard to solidify those relationships um, and make them more connected and more meaningful and more trusting. Um, the loss of some of the people in my life realizing that they were toxic to me and maybe I was toxic to them too, you know, because we just weren't connecting on, on an, I don't know, a, a positive or useful level. You know, we we're sort of bringing out the worst in each other. I mean, it's just been really a, a really hard thing for me. It's, it's very sad. I've experienced some growth in deciding that that was what was the best thing for me moving forward and I you know I, I pulled this card this week um 
Marlo, we do this in the retreat and it's something that sometimes when I feel a little bit ungrounded, I'll look to a deck. There's a lot of different decks, you know, that just sometimes they have affirmations on them, sometimes just pictures. Um, sometimes they can be like more of a tarot deck. So I've, Marlo, you collect these and you use them a lot in kind of some, you know, some thought processes, some practices. And so I've kind of started collecting them and I have these ones, they're called the affirmators. So they're kind of a, like a joking style, but I pulled this card this week, early on in the week. And I was sharing with you guys earlier, it was kind of a challenging vacation or experience, but the card was perseverance. And it just talks about like, sometimes when you're climbing a mountain and I've personally run a marathon before, like you don't go through these experiences like happy and, and being like, you know, this is great. And this is all that I need. And I am abundant. Like there are times when you are swearing and you are like, yeah, I call that mile 18, like mile 18 in a marathon sucks. Delivering a baby, the transition, like you are screaming the most horrific things to get over that bridge. Right. And so, um, the card said something like, you know, like sometimes we're like grunting and crying and that's part of the freaking process. Like sometimes it just sucks mm -hmm. and we just need to let it suck and, yeah. and cry and fog up the glasses and swear at the mat. And that's the road that is part of the road. So I agree, I agree with that. Um, some of the things that I put down, I agree with all that. And I love process. Um, sometimes I get so mad and pissed off that I have to, that I have to cry through it. Like, I don't want to always cry through something or feel broken down. I don't want it to always be so fucking emotional or hard. You know, you said earlier, Mary, I'm like, why does it always have to be, why did it have to be just so hard? Right. It's like, why does it always have to be just so hard sometimes? And I do get really mad at that and I get it. I, you know, and then I wake up and go, okay, it's just part of, this is part mm -hmm. of being a human being. This is the way yeah. it is. Just shut up and fucking move forward and you'll be fine. Like, you know, you're a strong person. You've never been given anything that you can't handle. This is not a big deal. It's not even going to last that long. So just shut up and do it. Like, just get through it. <laughs> and not like, you know, looking at it as don't be a wimp, just you can handle this. You have everything that you need to just move through it with grace. You can do this. Believe well, and maybe not even with grace, right? Like, what did well, you say, no. Miriam? <laughs> like, yeah. like you were like, you just, you just, I, one of my words for this year is half-assing it. Like I used to criticize myself so much for half-assing it. And I realized that's part of the reason why I have perseverance because I'm willing to just be like, you know, whatever. Well, just, to me, grace doesn't always mean I'm gracefully walking through that. That's different. Gracefully moving through something is different to me than having grace. To me, grace is the hand on the shoulder yeah. that stopped Miriam for a moment for her to acknowledge her anger and her feeling to say, it's okay. You're, you're yeah. you feel this. Yeah. You can choose to move forward. If you want, you're still going to be, an amazing human being regardless of what you do and grace towards yourself like empathy right. 
Yeah. That, like that, it is okay that you are showing up this yeah. messy oh, for sure. That's version. Just get grace. it. Yeah. Just do it. Right. Yeah. Right. That is what I mean by grace. Gracefully. Agreed wholeheartedly. When you watch me walk down the street while I'm cracking the pavement because I walk like a rhinoceros, but I can <laughs> gracefully, that's different. That's a different. Marlo, like you are Fiona. a Viking. Yes, you. She is a Viking. Never mind. Right, you are a Viking. All right, so I'm going to bring us to the lighthearted part. Okay. All right. Out of our intensity. Was the lighthearted part? I know, right? (laughs) The image of you walking down the street like a rhinoceros. Yes, it is. I know. (laughs) Like, no, you don't. I'm like, do you have any idea how hard I walk? Do you have any idea how much and when I'm walking with intention? The pavement cracks. You don't know it, but my body feels it because I'm walking so hard. <laughs> Your poor knees. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so um, the thing that I wanted to wrap up with, um, and I'm going to just let you think about these things. Uh, well, we might answer them, but you're going to have to answer them fast because then we're going to go into um, the section I really wanted to go into so we don't run over too far. Um, both Oprah and Brene Brown do these, they end their sessions with questions. Brene does rapid fire and Oprah just very slowly moves through them. And so I don't know what I'm going to call them, but I just decided to call them questions of well-being. But we we aren't going to be dwelling on these. So you will have to move a little quickly. Um, you're both just going to have to answer. Uh, so what's your grounding meal you eat when you feel really out of balance that is healing? Lentils and cracked wheat with onions and garlic. Nice. Does? A glass of water, um, a smoothie, something fresh, something raw. Uh, mine raw would... smoothie, no yogurt. Nice. Mine would be uh, a burger, like a really good grass-fed burger, just with some cheese and sautéed onions. Mm. It just be be really good beef grounds me very fast. I could do the same with like beans and rice and stuff, but I really generally end up just craving red meat and I don't eat it very often in a year. So, okay. What's a daily ritual that brings you joy? Tea. Mm, Miriam, yes, this has come through <laughs> you. But the end of the day, it's funny. Yeah, tea. I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw <laughs> some knives for my cup of tea which is not joyful but I love it I look forward to it uh, mine is I could absolutely say tea too but mine for sure is massage my self-massage that I do in the mornings particularly uh, uh, both morning and evening um, what's your favorite way to connect with nature stand there I don't know if that's specific enough well, Just I know standing, standing in your garden, so yes. Yes, or any place, in a pile of snow, in the trees. Okay. Um, if I stand quiet enough, the hummingbirds mm, right, yeah. stay close, the deer don't bolt. I'm just standing there. Okay. Moving. I just, when, when I, I do a trauma meditation and you visualize yourself and I have to be moving, I have to hear opposite of you, Miriam, I have to hear the sound of the ground, the crunch of the snow, the leaves, the jungle sounds, any place in nature, just moving, walking, running, cartwheeling. 
Mine is, uh, well, I, I can do it through my neighborhood, my walks that I do through my neighborhood, but my favorite way to connect with nature is to walk through the Chicago Botanic Gardens by myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. So gorgeous. I want to come do that with you sometime, yep, Marlo. You are. We're planning that. Uh, community well-being is, fill in the blank. Mm, witnessing someone. So you have to witnessing is a very specific process where you're just relaying what they're saying to you. Um, I just firmly believe we all need to be witnessed and validated and any, you can do that at any time with anyone. If you have the emotional space to put yourself aside and create space for someone else. Mm -hmm. Marla, will you repeat the question? Yeah. Community well-being is being present. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, mine would be uh, wait and you know what service yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah because it's more than just being there and being there sometimes is enough but if there's action that can be taken then then that yeah okay mine would be um being in a space to share inspiration mm-hmm. everyone you know you being able to share inspiration Okay, what's the last thing you do before you go to sleep? Drink my tea. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Honestly, the warmth. <laughs> in the cold weather, this made me sound like a baby, but I adore the process. We have a blow dryer in our bed instead of an electric blanket. Um, we started that when we first got married because we were so broke, but Joe's old roommate, who was bald, by the way, left a blow dryer behind and we <laughs> blow dry <laughs> the sheets to have a little bit of warmth when we get and then I um, think it's awesome <laughs> so and Joe will if he's not yet in bed he'll pull the blankets way up over my neck oh I know this is so cute <laughs> I love it uh, mine is uh I read my I read two prayer for, I read a prayer from two different very different books and then I massage my feet and legs Mm, that's nice that's beautiful okay um what is something what is a micro gratitude something small that you are grateful for that happened in the last 24 hours not related to your health family loved ones job or home micro gratitude oh I mean a million micro gratitudes but just one just I found olives sta- on sale. What's that? Oh. <laughs> I what found olives on sale yesterday. I was delighted. Nice. <laughs> Just, I know you probably want something a little deeper than olives. I but... got, gratitude is not about deep. We know that. I talk about that. That's why we have to point it out. That's why I make you not. What did you find on sale? Olives. Oh, olives. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, send some away. Black or green? I will. <laughs> yes. That is um that's great. I mean, we can we can get really micro. We we found a bag in the car when my daughter puked all over. There so you that go. Was, that is huge micro gratitude. It mm-hmm. is. Is that I hope that's not related to family, but yeah, that was <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Um, my micro gratitude would be, um, none of the tape on my armored back of 200 and 
60 patches has not come off. It's quite secure. It's feeling very excellent. Yeah, it's very good. Okay, the last thing I asked you to, which is something I did like from what Brene does, but um, I absolutely changed the rules because confining, I know I said five favorite songs, but you know, I'm never going to confine you to that because I sure shit didn't confine myself to that. <laughs> um, in fact, I got, I have, I'm looking at my list, I have 15 sitting here, but I, I put bars between what were the, the, the top five and then what came down next. So, well, let's hear yours first, Marlo. Okay. Um, yeah. My top six. And I've always been able, like, we, Steven and I talk about this regularly. And then when I challenged him to do it, he's like, yeah, I got to 37. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's good. That's fine. Um, so mine started, starts as, um, I've seen all good people, part one and two by Yes. Guess mm. Your Fate to the Wind by Vince Guaraldi. Mm. By John Lennon. Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two, both the Rattle and Hum version and the original version. Last September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And If You Want Blood by ACDC. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Those are all good choices. But then my list goes a little further. So then I go, because really I was like, those are go-tos. And then there's a next level of go-tos. And they are Pavarotti's Nessendorma, Macklemore, mm. Can't Hold Us, Willie Nelson, Georgia on My Mind, Bette Midler, Do You Want to Dance, and Herb Albert's Rise. Mm. Um, and then I had a few more. I had um, from, the sound, from the movie, the animated movie, Sing, the first oh, one. Um, I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw Sing, too. It's amazing. Is it? Yeah. It was oh, not. good. Um, don't You Worry About a Thing. Uh, by Tori Kelly I like her version of Stevie Wonder's song it's fantastic. yeah incredible it, is. it like rides in my mind when I'm in a very down fearful just feeling defeated state uh, Van Halen's Panama and Foo Fighters Everlong but I oh, could, yeah I need to add more to this so I know I will get up to 37 I'm sure of it but <laughs> top six I felt yeah that, that pretty much kind of sums up a good space of me so Let's hear it. What do you got? At least go ahead. Go, Des. Well, I this question was interesting to me because I like one of the things that I've become really detached from in the last couple of years, just with things in my life, is music a little bit. So I that was part of why Eric and I were talking about this podcast this morning. Because I'm like, I need you to help me. He's kind of like our family DJ in the house. Um, so we were having fun with this this morning. We started making lists separately and together. And we do love as an activity, same Marlo, we'll like sit around and make a playlist for whatever's happening in our life, which is, is kind of cool. It's part of how we got together. Yeah. Um, but okay. So then I just came down to one song. Like what is the song when I'm just a mess and I just need to pull myself out of it a little bit. And that is a Thousand Oceans by Tori Amos. Nice. Um, she's just my favorite artist of all time. And then the Beatles always are just very grounding. I grew up listening to the Beatles and I love them. My first concert was Paul McCartney. So that song is probably usually Blackbird is the one that I'll hit if mm. I'm in a mood and mm. I want to turn them on. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then I was introduced to classical music during the period of time that I was talking about where I went through this huge transformation through a friend of mine. And there um, is this version of Bach, the, um, like the aria, it's called the Goldberg Variations. It's just a piano. It's so incredible. The man is like humming while he's playing quietly. It just really um, connects me to life. And then recently, Eric and I, um, during this last year, started listening to this song called Falling from the Sky from Calexico. It's an amazing song. I highly recommend it. And then um, together as a couple, we had one song that we feel like it wasn't our wedding song, but um, when when we need to come together as a couple, either romantically, not necessarily romantically, but just as a unit or a force, or when we need to like pull ourselves together to be there for our family, we listen to Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. Nice, that's a good song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should, uh, you might like listening to Keith Jared, a specific album, uh, his Köln concert, K-O-L-N, it's um, Germany, Köln Germany concert. Mm. It's I we Stephen introduced it to me when we first started dating uh, thirty years ago, and it is a CD that to this day I can listen to over and over and over and over again, and always be moved by it. Always, it's just a he's unbelievable. And I thought of it because you said the classical artist. He's a jazz pianist, but this particular concert is unlike anything I've ever experienced. I mean, I have chills as I'm talking about, so. Oh, yeah. I'll have to I'll check text, that out. I'll text it to you. Miriam, what'd you come up with? Um, boy, it was hard. I, I, um, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but I, I don't love music like I used to. That's okay. Um, uh, so, so my favorites are all old and I love the 60s, 70s and 80s, mm. um, you know. Uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons is on there, is, is on my list. My favorite song, I'll start at the top. My favorite song of all time, right now anyway, is um, My Back Pages. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a Dylan song that was done by the birds. But mm. a couple years ago for my birthday, Joe uh, laid down all the tracks, the drums, the guitar, the bass guitar, and then he sang lead and harmony and even put a bunch of uh clapping and applause at the end um <laughs> that's great it really um so that's one of my favorites um i i love the the lullaby all through the night uh um i sing that to my great great nieces and nephews uh sweet home alabama is a good one anything by rush uh, Closer to the Heart is one of my favorites, and I love Spirit of the mm. Radio as well. And they have, you know, there's something about, for me, there's something about new music. If I'm not familiar with it, this may, I fear this makes me sound closed minded. I don't like it if I'm not familiar with it. The first time I hear something, I almost never like it. I'm the same way. Um, uh, oh, that makes me feel better. Yeah, um, I get it. What I love so much about Rush is that while I won't say their music all sounds the same, there is a thread through it of familiarity. 
Mm-hmm. If you listen to their first album and then you listen to their 30th, their night and day difference, but step by step, their evolution has retained uh, a thread of familiarity for me. And I, I love that about them. Um, and then there's an old, I don't know what it's called, Hillbilly Rock, maybe Low and Lonely, um, mm. that I became re-familiar with uh, during the pandemic because the you know, one verse is about 20 seconds long. So I would sing it while I was washing my hands. Um, so yeah, that's- I love that. it, I love it. <laughs> I, Miriam, I just, I, I struggled with this too. And I think even new music, my kids introduced me to new music. So like the Disney songs, Marlo, I can totally relate to that. But a lot of that comes through loving it because my kids listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. so it reminds me of them or it reminds me of an experience we had together. You know, yeah. I find I do I don't go on the journey looking for new music really much anymore. It gets brought to me if anything new comes into my vernacular. Yeah. Ladies, thank you for thank you, Marlo. An amazing time together. Des, thanks for making time on your vacation for this. I'm really grateful. And Miriam, thanks. Of course. For- time out of the cold weather (laughs) (laughs) you are absolutely welcome anytime it's fun talking to you guys yeah um, I miss you um, yeah it I it leaves me feeling uplifted and loved so we have a retreat coming up later in September I can't wait I can't wait yes I can't wait we're happening it's gonna do it we're gonna have to be vaccinated to come that's all I gotta say Good. good um so there might just be two people there. <laughs> <laughs> it might it's be, be great. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. All right. <laughs> um, but thank you everyone for listening to thank you. with friends. We'll be back soon. Uh, I wish you well on reclaiming yourself this year and setting whatever intentions you need to and just take your time and and just live with it and let it expand in you and have some abundance with it and fall down with them and get back up and try again but don't give up so thank you and uh look forward to the next conversation that we have be well thank you thank you